0: Michigan Rise pre Fund 3 is proud to be a sponsor of Michigan Venture Capital Association's podcast series, Michigan VC Talk. Michigan Rise was founded in 2020 with support from the Michigan State University Foundation and the Michigan Economic Development Corporation to invest in early stage high-tech startups. This funding enables Michigan tech companies with high growth potential to meet near-term milestones and raise downstream funding for future growth. Michigan RISE partners with MVCA members focused on the earliest stages of commercialization to identify and support high potential technology startups across Michigan with capital, mentoring, assistance with grant funding and more. To learn more about Michigan RISE, visit www.michiganrise.com. Welcome to Michigan VC Talk. My name is Ara Tapuzian, and I'm the Executive Director for Michigan Venture Capital Association. On today's program, I spoke to Quentin Messer, CEO of the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Quentin came to Michigan mid-2021 and jumped into his new role leading economic development for the state. Today, we talked about his observations since arriving in Michigan, as well as his views on the importance of venture capital and how it plays in our overall economic growth. Join me now as I talk to Quentin Messer. Thanks, Quentin, for being on Michigan VC Talk today. It's certainly a, a pleasure and an honor to catch up with you and, and chat about all things uh, economic development today on the program.
1: Hey, really! Thank you for having me on. I'm really uh, excited to have a good conversation. Yeah, definitely.
0: So let's let's first for our listeners talk about uh, your background prior to coming to Michigan. Can you give you, give me a little bit about your your history?
1: Sure. I mean, I, I would describe it as a little bit like that. Uh, uh, Jerry Garcia from the Grateful Dead once said, "It's been a long, strange trip." Yeah. (laughs) Um, And uh, it has been so native Floridian from Jacksonville, Florida, uh, went to school in the Northeast, Um, like a lot of people who finished college. And I guess the from the late 80s, early 90s, thought investment banking, becoming an investment banking analyst was the way to go. Um, I went into public finance because even then, I always wanted to operate at the intersection of, of business, government, policy. Um, but never, and, and one of the things, if I could talk to my 22-year-old self would you know, pick a path and don't be discouraged about the immediacy. I mean, it's, it's kind of, um, I'm a big sports medic. It's You yep. have to commit to what type of offense you're going to run. Right. And so even if the first couple of plays you run, they don't work, you see a lot of coaches, they script their first, in football, 20 to 25 plays. There's a reason for that, because you, 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 you're, you're psychologically in a rhythm. You need to sort of message to yourself, your colleagues, your teammates, your family, whoever, that you're committed to a process. So long story short, it took me a number of years. I was never 30 under 30, 40 under 40. It was really I got into my 40s and it was until I found economic development. I found it in my candidly in my um, early early to mid forties, I had practiced corporate law. I had tried to get involved in venture capital. We can talk about some of those yep. embarrassing moments. <laughs> uh, I had been in uh, public charter schools uh, I had, and I came into economic development after being a management consulting at the Boston Consulting Group. And that really kind of, having already gone to law and business school, it, it was the last opportunity for me to recreate myself. And I'm very grateful that I had a chance, uh, Stephen Morey, who's a dear friend, uh, Jason L. Kubi, who succeeded him. Um, Jason is now the CEO of Virginia Economic Development Partnership, and Morey is now at right. um, Str- uh, Strata Educational Foundation, two phenomenal people. They were looking for somebody who had a consulting background. Morey was a McKinsey um, alum. I had worked at BCG, and that started something that finally answered and checked all the boxes, business, politics, policy, Um, had three years at the state level in Louisiana, six years leading economic development in New Orleans. I thought I was done. I loved Louisiana. I'm a Southerner. Um, But you don't get the opportunities to, in my mind, be a part of making history. And I think that's what we have the chance to do here in Michigan. Um, well, you there, answered.
0: You answered that next question. How does how does someone from the southern states want to come to the northern states where where it's nice and warm and comfortable? Well, somewhat you do have humidity to yeah. uh, you know fourteen inches of snow that could happen in June.
1: <laughs> nah, come on, not June. I mean, well, may, may, yeah, maybe. maybe in the UP, maybe you yeah, never maybe know. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think it's a really it's a great question. I, I would say. The following, Um, you want to, at least for me, um, in economic development, it is about the product. And what I mean by the product is what is the particular location you get to market, you get to represent, you get to create policy to try to make a more favorable business environment. And you have to really take a shine to it. You have to be, at least for me, you have to be passionate. Some people are, you know, economic development gypsies. They move from place to place to elevate their career. There's nothing wrong with that. Part of, I think, that gets me up in the morning is I'm passionate about the place that is Michigan. Um, 83 counties, two peninsulas, one shared destiny. I've been welcomed with open arms. There's a lot of work for us to do. We're going to get into some of that. Yep. But the underlying core, when you sort of look at the the, 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 the underlying fundamentals, great talent, um, a, a great knowledge infrastructure, um, matchless quality of place, um, great um, corporate environment, um, a pa- strong, passionate pride of place. Um, I said, why wouldn't I like that? And then it came to a point where also I'm I had to sort of think if if I didn't or if MEDC doesn't work out, I'm at that age now. I'm in my almost mid 50s now. Where do I want to spend the last 25 years of my working career? Right. And I want to be somewhere where there's enough opportunities that I wouldn't necessarily have to move. And that's not the case in in Louisiana. And the final thing that really I don't know whether it was consciously played in my mind, but every day, I I think the wisdom of it and prayers are to my friends in my formal uh, home of, of New Orleans and that region. Extreme weather risk. We Michigan is going to be a climate winner. Over the next five to 15 years. Right. And I think if you can be a part of going someplace that's in the possibility of winning. Um, and be a part of maybe contributing to that culture of winning. Why wouldn't you do it? You don't get that chance. And um, I've been, I've enjoyed working with, you know, getting to know people like you, getting to know the governor, the lieutenant governor, or speaker Wentworth, uh, Senate Majority Leader Shirky. I could call the role, Leader Lazinski Rep Tate, Rep uh, Frederick, bipartisan. I mean Matt Hall. I mean, there's a lot of people right. I could go on and on who deeply care about this state. I mean, I haven't even talked about our congressional delegation, you know, on, on both sides of the aisle. We have tremendous representation. So when you think about all those elements, and you get to be an ambassador for a wonderful place, I have the best job in economic development in North America. I really do. Yeah, um, well, that's,
0: that's <laughs> terrific to hear and, and very yeah. genuine to hear and, and really does, you know, to your point of, uh, you know, why not when this is time to make history um, you really detailed all the reasons, you know, for that. So, so we're recording this at the end of March, 2022, you, uh, came to the state middle of 2021. So, and, and I know just from following, uh, you know, what you've been doing online and and everywhere you've going, I mean, you're, you're definitely, uh, your foot's on the pedal. It's not on the brake. What, what is your initial observation when you got here to, to Michigan and, and has it changed, you know, to the present day of, you know, uh, first quarter, let's say, of 2022?
1: A great question. I am embarrassed to say this, but I had lived in the state to the south for eight years and had spent quite a bit of time in Detroit but didn't really know much about the rest of the state. Actually, I had been to Lansing a couple of times, I've been to Saginaw, I've been to Mm Flint. been to Grand Rapids, I think at that time only once. Had had been to the UP once, but did not fully appreciate the scenic beauty. Um, I felt like Louisiana, if Louisiana had like a family environment where people really embraced you, Man, Michiganders, if they know that you are part of the team, man, they, that bear hug effect, that we, yeah. hey, you want to be a part of us? We want to figure out how we can win together. It's just been so warm and, and welcoming. I do think, um, and I say this humbly as a, as a Michigander by choice and not by birth, I do think Michiganders need to examine how they talk about themselves, hmm. how they think about this state. Um, I think that there's a tremendous pride of place, but there is a, a nagging sense that maybe the best might be behind us. And that's not the case at all. And you have to really speak life into your situation. I always will say um, I, I, and it happened a lot. If you're ever on a plane sitting next to a Texan and they don't have all noise canceling headphones and you don't have all noise canceling headphones, they're going to convince you that God shone brightest in Texas. Right. And there's something about speaking that upon your situation that I think we in Michigan need to think about. I mean, down south, they say it ain't bragging if it's true. And there's a lot that's true about Michigan. That doesn't mean that we don't have challenges. I'm not mitigating that. right? But I think we have far more opportunities and attributes and positive things, including uh, the entrepreneurial class here, the unicorns that have developed here, their challenges and we can talk about that, but I think it's how you, your perspective. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's very interesting because
0: I, uh, I, I think that that's very true. I think that um, we kind of beat ourselves up quite a bit. I'm not sure where that came from. I don't know if that is uh, um, you and I are relatively same age. So um, I don't know if that's from the recession and it's just uh, the spillover uh, from that um, kind of mentality. But you're right. I mean, it is th- there is a wealth of everything, I think, in the state. You know, and we're, we'll talk about venture capital too real soon. But, you know, when, we're, when I'm talking to out-of-state uh, investors, you know, the first thing they talk about is uh, the warmth of Michigan doing business here is a lot easier, you know, for them. And I think that that says that says a lot. You you kind of touched on Quentin a little bit of some of the the challenges, um, you know that you're probably seeing here. So let's let's jump into that. Let's let's talk about you know both opportunity and challenge um, here in Michigan, here in you know sort of the ecosystem. That you know what what's going on, where we can have maybe some positive effect on economic growth here in our great state.
1: Sure. Let me, um, I always like to, I learned this from a former, uh, employer, uh, who's no longer with us physically, but he always said, let's I always want to begin with the challenge of the bad news and in the good news. Right. Um, so let me sort of maybe outline maybe two challenges as a, re, as it re, relates to risk capital. Um, Michigan has an incredible tradition of supporting um, risk-taking entrepreneurs. I mean, created an industry that transformed the world. Yep. Risk-taking entrepreneurs, the automotive sector, um, snowboarding was created here in Michigan. There are a lot of other things that when we wouldn't, we 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 don't even think about that are a function of of of. Uh, Michigan inventiveness and ingenuity. But I think that we have not figured out yet. And I don't, and to be fair, I don't know whether other states and provinces are that much further ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Is what is the role for the public, for government, the public sector at state, local, regional levels? How, do, how can it constructively come in really Accelerate the risk capital ecosystem. I think we have pretty sophisticated private equity. Yep. But I don't know whether the risk capital, the venture capital, is as strong as it should be given the concentration of wealth here and the proven entrepreneurial uh, ethos and spirit and talent here. I think the other thing that we have to think about is how do we deal with failure? you know very rarely do you of any entrepreneur do you come out the gate and you hit a home run I mean, you, you right. might have you might you might have a, a Bill Gates and I mean we talk about the the ones who you know have transformed the world of Jeff Bezos driving across the country and coming up on Amazon yep. um or you know Elon Musk who's you know it's one of those rare unicorns or Eli Broad who's You know, a Michigan native Michigander who, you know, one of the few people to create two Fortune 500 companies. Um, But those are exceptions that prove the rule. And I don't know whether we have in our mindset, sometimes things don't work, not because the person who led the idea is flawed, market timing, speed to market, couldn't quite get the capital together, whatever. But you don't, but but I think sometimes we brand people as a failure because of what they try. The failure is in not trying. Every entrepreneur in my mind is a success. Right. Whether or not, you know, their names are like, they took a risk, they took a bet. So let me say why I'm optimistic. I think that we are grappling with, and I'm talking a lot about psychology because I think most of life is solved in your, in your head, really. Um, so I think we have to deal with, perception becomes your reality. We know that perception lacks reality too. So I think we're trying to figure that out. Um, I do think that we understand that in order for us to be where we need to be as a state, what we've earned to be, I mean, I, I've got friends, new friends who say, what is your right? You, What is the right to win that you can earn based upon who on who you are as a as a state. And I think there is a significant right to win Michigan has earned because of our people, because of our intellectual assets, because of our inventiveness. But we've got to connect that to earlier stage risk capital. Right. But I think we are doing that. Um, I think that we've got to win and protect and grow and nurture the unicorns, socx, others. We've got to make it that they're sticky you see the aggressiveness that our R1 universities are having to make sure that their commercialization is robust and that they are providing, uh, you know, leveraging alumni dollars to try to keep those businesses. And Michigan is just not only our R1, it's, it's tech, it's Western, it's Eastern, it's Central, uh, Grand Valley, Saginaw, I mean, I can call the role, Ferris. I think there's an awareness that we have great assets. How do we support that? And I think there's work to be done, but at least there's an intentionality of thought that, yeah, work that we need to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've been here for three years and I've, I've certainly seen it in the last couple of years. The intentionality is, is a lot greater now than it probably has been in, in a number, number of years for sure. So I would, I would agree with that. What other opportunities do you think um, You know we could be striving for
1: well i think we're going to be a climate winner i really do i think we have to figure out how do we in a thoughtful human way take advantage of the fact that you can mitigate a lot of weather risk if you locate in michigan pure and simple Um, and how do we do that and not sort of point our finger at at other states that are having some really serious challenges, not to say we don't, we're absent of them, but relatively speaking, we don't have the weather risk that other parts of the US or, or, or Mexico or, or even Canada has. And right. so we have to figure out, so I think that gives me great hope. And then I also think that I, I look at some of the people I've met um, and some who are native Michiganders um, some who are Michigan expats who've come back and some who are like me who had no nexus and decided to take advantage of opportunity and now are all in. I think there's just tremendous energy. And I think that there is a hunger to win. And there's sometimes when there's hunger, it translates to will and will really catalyzes action. And I think that there is a preparedness to take action that's bold action to, to, to do what we need to do to get to where we want to go and which is consistent greatness
0: yeah i i would agree you know and it goes back to your point of it's it's kind of what's in your head too we got to get our mindset and to use your sports analogy got to have your head in the game right and if you have your head in the game and you're focused i mean you know there's almost nothing you can't can't do
1: Quentin, absolutely
0: you know um Governor Gretchen, Gretchen Whitmer had said, um, I think mid last year, about making Michigan a top in the top ten venture capital uh, state in the country, which is you know something fantastic to hear. I socialize those words quite a bit when when I talk to folks. Let, let's talk about venture capital here yeah. in Michigan. Um, you you said, and I didn't realize this. You said you had a little. You kind of, you, did you dip your foot? Uh, yeah, you're you're not shaking your head positively. <laughs> did you? Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: you got to share that story first. I think.
1: Uh, well, it's a, it, it was a it was a sorted multi- By the way, we got to be
0: okay with failure. Remember?
1: <laughs> well, it was a well, the short of a long. So, you yeah. Know, to be to be fair, is I um, finished um, grad school in '99. Okay. And at that time, everybody was either trying to get an internet startup or work for a VC. If you couldn't do a VC, you're trying to work for a venture accelerator. So right. I went to work for a venture accelerator in Philadelphia, across Chamberlain. And it was going to be a, a long single, maybe you could stretch it to the double. So I left that and went and practiced law, corporate law in, in New York, and represented private equity and venture capital investors, and really tried to figure out how to become a venture capitalist, because I thought it was the most alt, awesome career you could have. It was like being a liberal arts student in in the business world um, and actually tried to become a Kaufman fellow was a semi-finalist back in 2008 and uh, over the years tried again never really um sent in a formal application until ironically enough maybe 2019 and I didn't even I was I mean I guess maybe by age or whatever I don't know but didn't even get a sniff so Mm. and then uh, in the mid of all that I actually for a brief spell talked to some guys in uh, Australia and New Zealand about trying to do a fund um, in the early I guess maybe 2000s to try to bring New Zealand technology companies to the U.S. and you know maybe had I gone all in we could have made something happen because I think some of those guys i haven't spoken to them in literally almost 20 years ha- have done pretty well for themselves but you know you you um you can't have do anything um you have to give yourself the mental space to not get it right but trust that you will be able to uh correct it i mean right dion's saying i'm a huge sports fanatic and i grew up in florida so <laughs> Deion Sanders is a little bit older than me. Um, And Deion Sanders said something that I always think about a lot. He said, the key to being a great shutdown cornerback is you got to have, you got to be long on confidence and you got to have the shortest memory on earth. Yeah. He said, because every cornerback is going to get toasted. Just some, because by definition, somebody that is a world-class athlete is running full speed And you, a world-class athlete, have to run as fast as that person backwards and turn your hips to get in the same direction as them. Right. And so I have tried over the years. I've never succeeded in that. And I think that's what venture capitalists have to do. Because you can be a Hall of Fame venture capitalist as a 333 hitter, just like in baseball. Right. I mean, you know, but... Having said that, I think therein lies one of the challenges for government, because the the taxpayer does not accept three thirty three performance from government. Right. From government, you better be a, a thousand, and therein lies the rub. How do we get people to believe um, without sort of government picking winners and losers and you, we can talk about maybe, you, maybe you, you fund organizations like yours and things of that nature. But still, how do you get people comfortable that government is playing in the risk game and without it becoming a political hot potato? And that's challenging. Oh, that's, that's, very, that's just that's just yeah, reality.
0: That's that's been uh, I you know major challenge for for many years. I, and I think it comes down to education. A bit. I mean, part of our our work is to do outreach and um, and educate folks on the importance and value of, of venture capital in in Michigan. And um, you know, education is is uh, is great knowledge uh, for a lot of policymakers to understand, but even the general public doesn't quite you know quite get what venture capital does i mean they really are they're, they're someone told me recently it's it's about business building business and it, it's it is all about risk mm-hmm. and and, uh, and they get it
1: yeah but it's not about you know the thing about it is you know i think risk it's calculated principled thoughtful diligent right. risk um and i think we have elevated and celebrated risk aversion and that's yeah. nothing great has ever been accomplished. I mean, again, one of the criticisms of, 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 of Jared golf is he, you know, he's a check down guy. He's yep. not going to throw the ball in a tight window. At some point you have to throw the receiver over and you're going to get picked up. But the question is, did you see the right, the right play. Yeah. Um, it, there, there are some interceptions you just blown read, and that's that's different. And that's the same thing with venture capital. After all the responsible, rational due diligence. Did you see the right play? Did you see? And you hopefully it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. Now, if you just make purposely bad decisions, that's a different story. But I think people don't necessarily understand. That process, and that's part of the role. Hopefully, I can over time help educate, and my colleagues help educate. and Shout out to Fred Molnar and other folks on our team who've been working in the entrepreneur and innovation space, and Denise Graves and others who, who are working with universities and working with other folks in the ecosystem. So, it's a lot of folks. I mean, I, I don't, you know, I, I want to name drop those two colleagues who've been doing and an at this. And there are others, Eric Scheffler is a. Tremendous colleague of mine who works in market development and Steve Bacall, I mean, I could call the world. We've got really smart people who want to catalyze and unlock innovation and unlock problem solving. And at the end of the day, I am a unapologetic capitalist. And I do believe that a redemptive power capitalism, that's not saying that there aren't deep flaws, problem it has to be more inclusive, all those things. I believe in all that, but I do believe The humanity has moved forward because people have solved problems. Or if they haven't solved problems, and venture capital is a big part of it, they have made things either more convenient or they have created demand, which to me are all three positive things. And, and And that's what we want to build in the DNA of our next generation. This isn't about me, this is about. Our children, right. our nieces, our nephews, their children, their grandchildren. Right. So where's a place that, because candidly, there's a reason why some of the greatest foundations in the world are headquartered in Michigan. It was because of venture capital 50, 60, 70, 100 years ago. And I think that's the, that's the through line that we have to begin to tell folks about.
0: Right. So you get the importance um and and the MEDC has been really a major player since day one in even helping create uh what what is now Michigan Venture Capital Association. Um, you know, there was the the Michigan Venture Fund, that the MEDC was part of that. I mean, this all predated you and I, but it was really the the groundwork that has kind of led us to this point. So now we're at a kind of a, a You know, a pivotal part of history of where do we go, kind of from here. So I wanted to talk about um, some of the your your philosophies and and thoughts, and then some of the work that's that's going on now for the creation of new funds. You know, to happen in you know to come either funding coming to Michigan. We want to talk about SSBCI 2.0, but let's talk about fund funding. I mean, that's what we need to do, right? We need We need funds here so we can uh, deploy those into the startup community. Give me your thoughts behind some of that, Quentin.
1: Sure, you know, I, I, I think, look, we have to figure out how to do more in this space period, Right. full stop. I do think, Um, we have to, you talked about education and I absolutely agree. We have not done a better, I I think a sufficient job of talking about the successes or even educating folks on what success should look like. Um, you know, we have not probably consistently as a, a community presented. What is the, you know, again, to use a football analogy or, or any sport, it takes time to build your program, to put in, what do you? What I mean? Yes, you occasionally you have you know overnight sensation. New coach comes in and dramatically, turn, but most times it takes two to four seasons for, particularly at the college level, to put in your program. You get your personnel and you get your offense. You get your recruits in. Right. And I don't know whether we have told that story well enough collectively.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I think that's one in the story and the success is here to be told. I mean, we don't need to necessarily create new store, new successes to be able to tell those stories. I mean, they're here. And I would agree with you that I, I think collectively we can do a better job. It's not about the big exits too. You know um, everything can't be about the unicorns. It's got, to, you know, there's a lot of entrepreneurs, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of smaller deals and exits that have, that have occurred, um, in, in just sort of the the space that I'm in that we need to continually push that out, but you're right. There's an abundance amount here, uh, that we can be talking about.
1: Yeah. I think there's a, I think the other piece of it is there's a little bit of, um, uh, the great Czech writer, uh, had a book called Life is Elsewhere. And I think there's a little bit of a human tendency to believe that somehow everything is better somewhere else. The grass is always greener. And that's not necessarily the case. And I think that we have to push back against it. I think we have to talk about and get better connected with the corporate venturing. I mean, as you look at the trans transition of uh, ICE to EV, you better believe some of the most active venture capitalists in the world are gonna be the big three. And arguably the big four, You know, Toyota's RNG, North American R&D facility is in, in, in the Ann Arbor area. And so we have to figure that out, how to broaden the conversation about right. what does venture capital look like? Yes, you have you know people like my uh, fellow Michigan strategic fund board member, Charlie Rothstein or, or um, our MEDC executive committee, remember um, uh, Waddington um, who are both, you know, active, important members. And, you know, I, I don't want to name check other people, you know, the assembly ventures team and the Chris Rizak's world and, you know, invest right. I mean, you know, we've got some really thoughtful, smart people. Right. And I think that we have to do a better job. I have to figure out how do we frame that plus GM ventures, what Ford is doing, what, Stellantis is doing, what Toyota is doing, what Magna is doing, what, you know, Meyer is doing some very interesting things in the, in the ag tech space. I mean, I could call the role, I mean, striker and yeah. I mean, you know, it's just a lot of office. I mean, we've got basically three of the four largest office furniture makers in the world headquartered in West Michigan. Right. And then, you know, let us not talk about what spectrum is doing in healthcare or, Sparrow or you know there's so much yep and I think we've got you know what what's happening in financial services um we just have to I think figure out how to find the story life is about you got to have the facts and maybe this maybe this is something that I have to push on more but it's about the relatability of the story. It is about people feeling, how do I see myself in the narrative of what you're trying to build? How right. can I buy in? And I think that's, that's something that we have to make venture capital, same challenge with economic development. We have to make it not esoteric. It has to feel but it has you have to touch it. Yeah. Buy in.
0: Yeah, yeah. The buy-in is, is always been important. I mean, especially for economic development and, uh, I I definitely agree. He Quentin, as we're kind of closing this out, let's let's talk about SSBCI because maybe not everybody understands what that is, um, but it it's quite important. Talk about how that relates to Michigan.
1: Sure. You know, SSBCI 1.0 really a federal program was modeled on Michigan inventiveness and ingenuity. And now with SSBCI 2.0, we have a chance to once again um, become thoughtful about how do we use dollars to catalyze and support uh, the the, uh, uh, entrepreneurial ecosystem? How do we support the risk-taking entrepreneurs? How do we support the organizations that support them? How do we create an environment that venture capitalists say, hey, it's hospitable, I'm gonna open an office in Michigan or I'm gonna deploy capital. I would say we are in, 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 you know, we're constantly working with the, and learning from Treasury about the uh, U.S. Treasury, about the guidelines for that, but I think it will be credit, credibly important how to employ those assets. I think the other thing is, is that it is important for us to understand what must be true for us to be successful. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people just say, okay, if you just deploy dollars, but if you deploy dollars without a direction, a strategy, and understand what are those things in the ecosystem that have to be great, you're not going to be very successful. Just you know, one quick example. I try to study great coaches. So I, I'm a big fan of Nick Saban. I think what Nick Saban has done at Alabama is remarkable. And people say, of course, he gets the best athletes. So why does he get the best athletes? They've got incredible facilities. They've got an incredible strength and conditioning coach. They have they have invested a lot of money on recovery. Um, and so I think that we, how do you bring that to the venture capital? We got to make sure that your organization is supported. We got to make sure venture capitalists who are Michigan-based, who devote a large part of their fund corpus are supportive. We got to make sure that there's an environment for Michigan-based limited partners and others who see this as a place where they can you know, maybe get um, uh, some type of inducements to sort of take a second, third, and fourth look at Michigan. I have to think we have to figure out and recalibrate what we mean by success. Every success isn't going to be publicly traded on CNBC. It's going to be, you know, events that build and build and build for that founder and his or her family. So these are things we have to do. I mean, SSPCI, you know, I've got colleagues, Chris Cook and Steve McCall and others um, who are working, you know, Fred Molnar and others who are working On making sure that we're prepared to um, administer that in an aggressive and innovative and thoughtful way, Um, we're in the process of of, of doing a strategic realignment. We're going to beginning to roll that out and be taking um, all of April to get you know to 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 football analogy to try to put in the offense, but we know it's not going to be fully installed when we roll out May one, but that's what we're going to do. Um, and, I, and I hope that people will see an elevated focus on entrepreneurialism and innovation. I think that'll help us. Um, and I think it's just continuing the education process. The absolute last thing, there's going to be significant change in our state legislature. And I think we need to be thinking about how do we, in the pre-reads, in the in the education process of what's important once you as a, as a woman or a man become a state rep or state senate, we need to figure out, how do we give some sort of primer on this important part of right. economic growth and economic prosperity for Timmy and plus Michiganders? Awesome.
0: Quentin, thank you very much for talking today. I mean, you definitely have the energy. You 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 jumped in uh you know the full full Monty, as they say, to uh into economic development, so we're very appreciative for for not only you, your your team, uh, the MEDC and MVCA have have been partners uh, throughout all of this, and uh, we you know we continue to have that relationship and we look forward to it. So, I appreciate you being on our program today.
1: Well, I appreciate you forwarding us the opportunity to continue to stay safe and well.
0: ID Ventures, the venture capital team of Invest Detroit supports early-stage, high-growth and high-tech startups in Michigan with investment capital and strategic support. With a mix of funds backed by public, private, and philanthropic sources, ID Ventures is building an evergreen source of investment capital to help innovative companies scale and to strengthen the Michigan startup ecosystem for decades to come. Visit investdetroit.vc for more information.